You're standing in front of a room of students who are looking at you like you are Charlie Brown's teacher. And the reason why is because you're teaching reading and they cannot stand it. They wish they were anywhere else and you know it. What do you do? How do you teach reading when your students hate it? And most importantly, what strategies can you use to help them develop reading comprehension skills? These are the questions that we dive in in today's interview with none other than Cassie Tabrizi from Creativities. Welcome to the Teacher Goals Podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators, and I'm so excited to collaborate with Teacher Goals to bring you a weekly show that equips educators with best practices and actionable strategies to achieve success in the classroom and foster a more connected and empowered school community. Here, we learn by engaging in honest discussions with innovative teachers, administrators, and educational leaders. Are you ready to achieve your teacher goals? Of course you are, so you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there, this is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators. Super excited about this episode of the Teacher Goals Podcast because we have a great guest who loves to research and synthesize information that helps educators just like you teach reading. Last week, we dived into a great conversation with Katherine Stark around helping our students to become independent readers. And today, we're going to continue that conversation. We're going to continue discussing how you can teach literacy skills. And most specifically, we are going to dive into how to teach reading comprehension. As you may already know, our episodes are recorded live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and live streamed on all social media platforms. Immediately following each interview is a Q&A with the guests. And tonight we had another great Q&A. One of my favorite questions was how do you teach reading to a class full of third graders who absolutely hate to read? And so we got some great tips and strategies that were shared in my conversation. And I know that you are going to get so much out of it. But before we get to the goods, I just want to remind you that the Teacher Girls Conference is coming up March 11th and 12th, and you are invited to attend the entire event. It is absolutely free. It is two days with over 30 sessions, great keynote speakers. We have two comedy shows, a swag bag that you are not going to want to miss because it is filled with resources and the raffle and giveaways are off the hook. And so if you don't already have that free ticket, make sure you go to www.teachergoals.com slash conference and meet us there. I cannot wait to meet you. And if you haven't been joining us on Thursday nights, where are you? I want to see you on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you are, we are there. And we come 
live with our interviews so that we can be sure to answer your questions. So make sure that you join us there on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. With that being said, I am going to bring on our guests from tonight. Cassie Tabrizi is the founder of Creatabilities. She is the host of After the Bell podcast. And what I love about her is that she is so transparent, guys. She tells the story about how she was teaching reading all wrong and she had to change her methods, which is how she's now able to share the strategies that work with us. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on my interview with Cassie. Thank you all so much for joining us. I am so thankful uh, that you decided to spend your Thursday evening with us. And once again, I am Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators. So if you were with us last week, we talked about strategies that you can use to help your students or your children. We have a parent here tonight become independent readers. So we're going to continue this literacy conversation tonight with Cassie Tabrizi from Creatabilities. And she's going to be sharing with us uh, some specific strategies that you can use to help your students develop those reading comprehension skills. And so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring her up right now. Hello. Hello. How are you? My dog just burst into the room. Sorry. (laughs) No problem. We love our little furry friends here. So glad to have you on with us tonight. How are you? How's everything going? I am great. I am neck deep in reading comprehension research (laughs) and loving it, even though that's kind of weird. But yeah, things are going great. Love it, love it. And we are going to be hearing all about that research tonight and, you know, get some strategies that we can actually implement with our students. So I'm super excited about that. But before we dive into all of the nuggets that I'm sure you're going to share tonight, I want to start off with you just telling us about who you are and what you do. Yeah, for those people who don't know, uh, my name is Cassie Tabrizi, like she said, and I was an elementary school teacher. I taught third grade. I also taught preschool. I don't know if it is in the same category, but I taught third grade and was starting to just make a lot of things for my classroom. My master's degree is in curriculum and instructional design. And I just was creating and a fellow teacher said, hey, have you heard of Teachers Pay Teachers? And I was like, no, but she's like, you should start posting on there. So I started creating resources for TPT and that has led into consulting and research and webinars and blogs and videos and a podcast. And I just get to continue doing what I love to do, which is helping fellow educators find the best resources out there and really meet their needs because as the ones in the trenches, they're so overwhelmed and there's so much that's getting demanded of them, especially the last couple of years that I just love to be able to synthesize the information and bring it all to them. So they have it ready to go. Love it. Love it. So are there, and I, if you have not been on her website, so I have, and it is like when she says she really creates and synthesizes that information, it is so true. And so can you just share an example of something like, I mean, I could shout something out that caught my attention, but can you share an example of like a research or 
a resource that you have created recently that they could find just by visiting Creatability, something that, you know, you did some research on and was able to synthesize it and they can use in the classroom? Like, what can they expect from you? Oh, man. If they want actual printable resources, they can go to Creatabilities on TPT. I have a bunch of freebies on there. I have a lot like right now what's big is black history month resources or next month is women's history month resources so just being able to read passages about important people throughout history and then get kids writing about it because and that's building their awareness and it's also mm-hmm. building their background knowledge which both research has shown just is incredible for reading comprehension specifically giving mm-hmm. them a chance to write about it But yeah, there's a ton of stuff on growth mindset. There's stuff for literacy centers and small group reading, Mm -hmm. just trying to follow the best practices that are out there. Love it. And you already started kind of hinting at some of the best practices when we talk specifically about reading comprehension. And so take us from like intro to, you know, reading comprehension. Me as a high school former high school teacher, you know, I don't know anything really about teaching reading or the principles behind teaching reading. So when we talk specifically about reading comprehension, like just make it plain and simple for me. What are we talking about and how the heck do you teach that? Okay, great question. (laughs) When I'm talking about reading comprehension, I'm not talking about the primary skills of, you know, phonics, phonemic awareness, decoding, mapping, all of that. I'm talking about being able to read complex, rich text and understand what you are reading and then being able to build a base of knowledge that you can then take with you to help keep building that schemata Mm -hmm. as students go through the grade. And I'm going to be completely frank that when I was teaching reading comprehension, I was doing it wrong. I did it in the way that I was taught. I did it in the way that I saw others teach. And I have really come to learn that I was not doing it in the right way. Okay. So I don't want to cut you off, but you cannot say I was doing it wrong and then not tell us, like, what were you doing? And not only what were you doing, like, when you recognized you were doing it wrong, like, what inspired you to say, okay, I've been doing this the wrong way. And not only am I going to learn how to do it the right way, but I'm going to teach other people how to do that as well. Kind of share your story. Yeah. So I was doing it, which I think is still pretty standard. You teach skills in isolation. And when I say skills, I'm talking about summarizing, asking questions, predicting, making visualizations, uh, all of those things. And you would do a mini lesson on them and then you would take it to guided reading maybe and practice it on different books and you would spend one to two weeks on it and then move on to a different skill. And the kids might be able to do that skill on that particular graphic organizer But I started to realize, okay, I don't really think that they can transfer these skills Mm -hmm. and they're not really understanding as we're trying to get into more and more complex texts, which is what the core really is pushing. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's just not working. But I thought, okay, maybe it's just me. I'm going to keep trying. So you kind of double down, you do the PowerPoints and you do the groups and you let them talk about the skills. But the fact is, They are what, if you know 
Dr. Doug Fisher and Dr. Nancy Fry, mm-hmm. they wrote a book about it and they call it fossilized skill instruction. So we are isolating these skills and kids can maybe fill out pages on predicting when you're talking about that skill. But then if you're asking them to do it three months later on their book and guided reading, they might not remember what it is. They might not know how to do it. So just honestly, what got me onto this path and realizing, oh, I'm not doing this right. I'm not teaching other teachers how to do this right. Because I have a whole webinar I did on reading comprehension, trying to teach people how I did it because that's what I thought was best practice. Right. And it wasn't. And it was actually, I saw some things online and I started researching and that through my podcast, which is called After the Bell, I was interviewing some of these researchers and they just started talking about reading comprehension and how the brain works. Mm. And I realized, oh no, oh crap, that, okay, that's not good. (laughs) And I just started to rethink my practices and rethink Mm -hmm. how I was training other teachers. Is that too wordy? You can cut me off. No, I'm not cutting you off at all because now that we are thinking, okay, you started to rethink your practices. You started to do things differently. Kind of share with us, like, what strategies did you start using that were able to empower students with these reading comprehension skills? The first thing that you need to know with reading comprehension is reading comprehension begins with listening comprehension, which you kind of doesn't make sense at first. But even when you're reading, you're you know reading an article, you're reading a book, you're hearing the words, you're saying them in your head, or you're reading out loud. And so you want to start by making sure that students are understanding just the semantics of English language, that they're speaking with each other, that they're talking with you, that they can ask and answer questions. So you can even start by reading aloud. And teachers have been doing this for a long time, but lower grades and upper grades, reading aloud, rich text. And when Mm -hmm. I say a rich text, I don't mean it has to be a big textbook or a big chapter book every time. Just something with beautiful word choice, something with beautiful pictures maybe that really is a good jumping off point for discussion. I don't know if you've ever read The Other Side by Jacqueline Woodson or like that's a really good picture book to use if you're looking for a picture book Mm -hmm. or anything by Patricia Polacco, but just giving them a chance to hear something because research has shown that kids can, you know, understand more than they can read, like harder text, harder vocabulary. Mm -hmm. and then giving them a chance to talk about it, talk about it with you and talk about it with each other. So once their listening comprehension really Mm -hmm. is, you feel solid, then you need to not do what I did, which was jump from story to story and book to book. You really want to spend two to four weeks on units of study because what has been found time and time and time again is that a student's level of background knowledge and their understanding of vocabulary is what predicts their reading comprehension success all the way from elementary up through college. And what we're doing with all of these reading programs, and sometimes we're forced to do them, it's not like teachers are like, oh, I want to use a basal. Yeah, that sounds super fun and not boring at all. But we're jumping, okay, we're going to do this story this one week. 
mm-hmm. on, on friendship. And then we're going to talk about this story that's a fantasy next week. And then the week after, we're going to talk about maybe a nonfiction piece on the moon. And we're not spending enough time doing a deep dive onto or into units of study to build that foundation of background knowledge, of content, and of vocabulary. I love it. So really, the change is starting with the listening component, but then taking a deep dive versus moving around from skipping around from book to book to book. And so then when teachers actually implement and teach the way that you're describing right now, like what are some of the goals that they're able to achieve by applying these principles? One, they can cut down on their workload because If you're doing guided reading where you're constantly in four different books with four different groups, and then you're doing a different read aloud, and then you're doing a reading program on top of that, that is a lot of material to stay on top of. Mm -hmm. And one goal is just streamlining your work, Mm -hmm. doing a unit on a novel that you love or a topic that you love. You know, maybe you want to talk about the Civil War or magnets or national monuments or whatever it is. You're just being able to laser focus on one unit, get everything in place for that unit and be able to implement it without scrambling like, oh, what page are they on? And what are we talking about? And have I read this book? And where am I going? So that's one. And then that's on the a biggie. Yeah. That's a biggie. <laughs> and because I know with me, like as a teacher, you read a ton of children's books or you probably like young adult fiction too and nonfiction. But you still have to keep track of, okay, this group is on chapter 20 of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. This group's on Fantastic Mr. Fox. This group's on the the moon book. And it's just Mm -hmm. a lot of mental energy. And so if you're focusing down, you're narrowing your focus, you're going to feel like some of that work is taken off your plate, even though you're still accomplishing the same things. Right, right. But the, the goal on the student side is that if you start to build the knowledge, the background knowledge with your students. They are going to be able to read more complex text. They're going to be able to have more in-depth discussions, and they're going to be able to make connections and learn faster and deeper in ways that they couldn't before. And that is so incredibly powerful when Mm -hmm. we just are seeing reading scores do nothing but decline. That is very, very powerful. And so we know with all good things comes challenges. And so when you think about especially making this shift for a teacher, you know, that has been doing these groups and everything you described and they're listening and they're like so inspired and they're like, okay, I am going to try to teach, you know, with these units of studies, like what challenges do they tend to face? And then how are they able to overcome those challenges? Well, you're always going to have kids with different levels of background knowledge and different skill sets. And so that's automatically a challenge because we can't control what our kids come into the room with, obviously, and what they're getting at home or what their prior educational experience has been. And that's probably one of the biggest ones is that you're going to have such a variety of needs. You might be teaching fifth grade, but still have kids who need the phonemic awareness piece. Or you'll have kids that are reading on a high school level and they're all in the same classroom and you're the one person in there that's supposed to be able to teach all of them and make them progress. So that is a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. And one easy way that you can meet that is using text sets 
which is just having different levels of text, but it's on the same topic. So if you're focused on that unit of study, say, I'm going to say magnets, then you can have different reading passages for the different levels, but they're still getting all of the vocabulary and they're getting the background knowledge and they're getting, you know, the content that they need to start helping them make those connections. Awesome. Awesome. And so then any other advice, any tips, like those last pieces of advice, pieces of wisdom that you want to share with, you know, teachers or we have parents here tonight, you know, that are really trying to help their children or students with these develop these reading comprehension skills? I would say don't shy away from topics because you think that kids are too young for them. If you have read Natalie Wexler's book called The Knowledge Gap, she talks about observing second grade classrooms in DC and they were doing units on ancient Greece and Rome. And then they talked about the civil war and then they moved on to the revolutionary war. And at first, my first thought was, well, that's not their core, the revolutionary war, civil war, that's fifth grade. And that's not appropriate. What are you, they're seven. They should be talking about family. But they're finding that one, the kids can handle talking about those topics mm-hmm. because you can do it in an age appropriate way, but they also love talking about it. It's something real. It's something that actually happened. There's a lot of facts and realia and pictures and information on it. And they get tired of just talking about families and friendship and love. You know, they want something real and meaningful right. and, and they can handle it. Love it. Love it. So thank you so much for sharing like so much wisdom, so much knowledge and so many strategies with us tonight. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? I am on CreateAbilities. That's two words with a hyphen. I set up that name a long time ago and I would not do it with a hyphen now, but whatever. It's just Create-Abilities and you can go to createabilities.com, createabilities on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, and on Teachers Pay Teachers. I love it. It's so funny. The lessons we learn as we, you know, enter this entrepreneurial world where yeah. you start, like you learn so much on this journey. So I, that's funny. Um, I love it. But thank you so much for joining us. Ooh. I appreciate it. And this was great. And as always, we are going to dive right into our Q&A section. I did see some good comments coming up while you were speaking. The first one I noticed, Michelle, when you were talking about how you were doing it wrong and then realized that it had to make that shift, Michelle chimed right in and said she had to do the same thing, recognize that methods were not working and then scaffolded skills outside of the curriculum in order to help, you know, build critical thinking skills. So any suggestions or any feedback on someone that may have this feeling like, even if you're not doing it wrong, like there's probably a better way to do it. Like how should they dive into that work? Uh, I would say because there's so much that they have to be aware of, pick one thing that they want to change and work on that or change or implement until it becomes a habit and not overwhelming. So maybe it's using text sets or maybe it's teaching with one unit or maybe it's, you know, changing how you're doing guided reading and not using leveled readers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And whatever your focus wants to be focusing on critical thinking skills, you know, work that in 
and then add something else. That way you're not getting overwhelmed, but you're still making progress to where you want to be. Love that. Great advice. And so Renee made the comment. um, First of all, thanks for this. Absolutely love the tips and strategies that you were sharing. But she says teaching reading to third graders who hate reading. Any advice for her in this situation? Like you're teaching reading and the students just seem to hate it. Which I know. And that's so (laughs) sad. I understand it. I understand why they might hate it. They probably view themselves as they're not good at it or they just find it boring. And that's what I mean when I say bring in real things from the world. It can be current events even that's happening or past events, science, something that's tangible that's going to be highly motivating to them. And if it's a group or even one kid who's like, I hate reading, I don't like this, I'm not good at it or it's boring, let them give you a topic and then let's do a deep dive unit on that because if they're interested in it, then they're going to be reading because of their motivation and their interest in the topic. And then they'll be like, Oh my gosh, look at what I just accomplished. Look at how much I read. Look at how much I understood. I can even present to the class, you know, and just get them involved and that should increase their motivation. But it's hard because some kids, they view reading as just so tedious and it it's not. Love that advice. And then last but certainly not least, Kim has shared uh, that this is very informative because teaching has changed so much that it can be difficult for me to help my granddaughter. And I know we had parents on tonight. So any advice for those parents that may be helping their children learn how to read at home? Like what can they do in this process? Take your kids to the library and get them to read a wide variety of books, not just fiction. Make sure you're including nonfiction in there as well. And it can be social studies. It can be world history. It can be science, whatever it is. Let them pick them out, read them together and talk about it. It's the best thing you can do. I love it. Thank you so much. Great tips, strategies. Thank you for joining us tonight. And we will see you all next week. Have a great night. Bye, guys. Wow. As a former high school teacher, I am always blown away by these conversations on how to teach reading. It is so complicated. And um, as a parent of a kindergartner, six-year-old in the process of teaching reading, I'm just loving this wealth of knowledge that we have received. And so if you are enjoying the podcast and learning just as much as I am, I want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe wherever you're listening from. And if you love it, then leave a review. Tell us what you think about the show. And you are invited to join us live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I would love to see your pretty face and get to interact and engage with you and get to ask and get the answers to your questions. I appreciate you so much. And I am so thankful that you are a part of the Teacher Girls community. We will be back next week, same time, same place. And I hope to see you there. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Teacher Girls podcast. Here are three ways that you can engage with us and join an amazing community of educators. First, subscribe to the show in whatever platform you're tuning in on. Second, be sure to follow us and join the Teacher Goals Connected School Communities Facebook group so that you never miss our live recordings 
and the opportunity to engage in a live Q&A with our weekly guests. Last but certainly not least, I'd love to hear your favorite tip from today's show. Leave a review or snap a pic and create a post tagging at Teacher Goals and me at Healthy Wealthy Educators so that we can check out all of the great things that you're doing to achieve your teacher goals. Teacher Goals and Teacher Heart Out is sponsoring a 2023 Bahamas cruise open to all educators. Guests such as spouses, family, and friends are also welcome to attend. There is an amazing lineup of speakers, and you can book your PD at sea now by putting down a $200 deposit. Attend the Sail Away Party Thursday, July 6th in Port Canaveral at 6 p.m. in preparation for Cruising Friday. You will return Monday, July 10th at 8 a.m. Scan the QR code now to sign up. You don't want to miss it.